0: All right. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Alex Zerpa reporting live from Harkin Studios, joined with uh, Dom Mazzatelli and Tess Blumetti. We have uh, an Oscars podcast coming up for you guys uh, next Sunday, March 4th, is the 90th Academy Awards. And before we get into that, I just want to send a personal special shout out to Harkin on their uh, thousandth listen. That's uh, big news and definitely up and coming and good things to come. So, uh you know they do a lot of behind the scenes things and we just kind of come here and talk so <laughs> thank you to Harkin for having us again. So yeah the Oscars. Um, again I just want to reiterate we we had uh, last time we were on here we had a kind of a wrap-up of 2017 as a whole and uh, my one friend Tim uh, Scully at, at Asked me the other day, he's like, "Man, do you think out of the two thousands, twenty seventeen was like the best year in movies?" And I had to take a step back and think, like, this year was amazing. Like looking down the list, like the commercial blockbusters delivered the the small indies. I liked a lot of them, and and now we're getting into the um, Academy movies, and there's so many to to really sift and go through. And we didn't really have a chance to see all of them, but we're gonna uh, go over the ones that we did see and. Uh, make some predictions there. So, um,
1: I thought we did pretty all right for not getting paid to do this. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: Um, so Dom, I'll, I'll pass it off to you. I think we're gonna start off, um, With the Best Supporting Actress category, Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Make some predictions?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I'm going to stick with kind of the big six categories here to not bore you guys with sound editing. (laughs) But um, So, Best Supporting Actress this year, we have Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for I, Wesley Manville for Phantom Thread, Lori Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for Shape of Water. So, I think this is kind of, it seems to be a two-horse race between Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf for I, Tonya, and Ladybird. Bird. With um, two strong moms, I didn't get a chance to see I, Tonya, but I've heard great things about it and about her performance. I think it's probably going to go to Laurie Metcalf. Um, that's going to be my prediction. I think uh, Lady Bird lost some steam buzz-wise, but I think it's still there. I'd love it if Octavia Spencer took it home because, as you guys all know, I'm a very big fan of Shape of Water. Um, Leslie Manville and Phantom Threat, she was really good. It's hard to stack up against someone like Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah, and she did a really phenomenal job, but if we're talking about somebody that really stuck with me, like, after the movie ended, you know, and really, you're talking about supporting actors, it's just... She's in one of those kind of side roles, but she really just brings every you know everything she has to the movie. And for my money, it's Laurie Metcalf. She's kind of who I want to win as well, just because she was phenomenal in Lady Bird. And I didn't get a chance to see Mudbound, um, so I really can't say much about Mary J Blige and her performance. But out of the three that I saw this year, definitely Laurie Metcalf for me and. Alex, I know Lady Bird is a big movie for you, so are you riding with her too?
0: Um, definitely, yeah. It's interesting you say that. I thought I thought you were going to go with Janie, to be honest. Uh, my, if I had seen the movie, maybe
1: <laughs> I would have been able to say more, but I, the buzz around Janie is really big right it now. It is, it is. Yeah.
0: And that's why um, like, my heart is obviously with Laurie Metcalf. I mean, Lady Bird, I'm pretty sure, is uh, my favorite movie of the year. Um, but my mind wants to say Alice and Janie, um, just because... Uh, again yeah the buzz that I've been hearing and it's interesting because yeah as you said they both play mothers but on the the op the complete opposite sides of the spectrum kind of in a, in a way like um I've heard Alice I, I also didn't see I Tanya but I've heard that Allison Janney has kind of like this haunting performance it's more lavish it's more over the top it's more out there and she has I don't know what it is, but she has that that scene that you know that they'll play that, they'll play, that yeah. you know the little clip that they'll play where it's like dah, dah, dah. it's like this is how I won the Oscar. <laughs> I'm acting. Whereas like Laurie Metcalf, um, and again, yeah, like w- w- what I really liked about that movie is just like how real it was. She's just really playing a mom who is uh, has such an emotional connection with with her and her daughter, kind of like this push pull uh, relationship and uh that that you can kind of relate to um i would love to see laurie metcalf uh win it but i honestly think that jannie is going to and again um i loved octavia spencer's uh performance in the shape of water but um she won a couple years ago for the help and i think Two years ago, she was nominated for Hidden Figures. She's just one of those actresses who always brings it uh, in her roles. You know, I loved Again, Yeah, I loved her character. Uh, she had to do a lot because um, Sally Hawkins doesn't speak in the role and they're best friends, so she had to do a lot uh, in terms of dialogue and what she brought to her performance. Just a really warm character overall. Mary J. Blige. <laughs> uh, I don't know much about Mudbound. I know it's a Netflix movie. I uh, just know she's primarily known for his singing, but good for her. And Leslie Manville, I didn't know either because I didn't see Phantom <laughs> Thread. But uh, Tess, what did you think? Because uh, you saw Lady Bird. What, what did you think about Laurie Metcalf and her performance?
2: Yeah, so I think I'm, I'm just going to touch on the uh, Allison Janney versus Laurie Metcalf. I think the buzz that you guys are talking about can also be distorted because correct me if I'm wrong. I think I, is still in theaters right now. If not, it That's, just I left think theaters. It, yeah,
1: well, it had a pretty weight-wide release. Like, it had a very right. small initial release, and then as the Oscar buzz grew it grew into more theaters. But, yeah, I think it is... *Waiting Bird's still in a th- couple theaters by me, though, too, so... Right, could so I, just, I feel like the buzz yeah. could
2: be, like, offsetting that way. Yeah, but I think... I feel like Laurie Metcalf, for me could get this solely because when i think like supporting she was supporting through the entire movie Mm -hmm. like she was one of the main storylines the entire movie like she was like an underlying theme the entire time
0: right like she's there but like she's and again yeah she she wants to like protect her she wants to protect ladybird christine but she comes off as like too critical like oh you know she she wants to go to you know the the East Coast for school. She's like you'll never get into those schools and like stuff like that. Um, and there's
1: even scenes where I think this is a testament to her as well. There's scenes where she's not in where it's just Lady Bird doing you know Lady Bird things. You're almost, you're thinking like oh like like how is her mom gonna react to this? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think it's just a testament to her performance. I I mean I just can't say enough. <laughs> right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I really liked it too. So that's where my heart is. But my mind says Janny, but you you think Laurie Metcalf has a good chance too,
2: I think so, yeah.
1: It definitely seems like a a two-horse race at this point. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think so.
0: Yeah, Uh so that'll be interesting to see. Um, Moving on, Best Supporting Actor. uh, We have Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water. Christopher Plummer in All the Money in the World. Willem Dafoe in The Florida Project. Sam Rockwell in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And uh, Woody, Har- Woody Harrelson in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. From now on, I'm just going to say three billboards just for the sake of convenience. <laughs> Nobody will wait. <wave> yeah. you. <laughs> These best supporting uh, categories are always... I feel like upsets can happen a lot, honestly. like When you look at it, um, I forget who was ahead... Of Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained, but it was that that came off honestly like as a surprise, as surprising as that may seem, <laughs> because he was behind in the votes prior to all the shows that came up with like the BAFTAs and like all of that, the SAG Awards, um, and the most recent one that I can think of was uh, Mark Rylance taking it over Stallone oh, yeah. for for uh, Creed. That people just were like, "What? Like how?" Yeah,
1: and it's even weird. Last year with Herschel Rye yeah. yeah. taking it. Uh-huh. Over everybody in a movie that he was in for
0: 15, minutes. 15 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's an interesting category. But again, I think it's coming down to another two horse race between uh, Willem Dafoe and the Florida Project, which we will talk about extensively later. Yeah, it'll probably <laughs> and, uh, come up. <laughs> and Sam Rockwell in uh, Three Billboards. Yeah, I mean, the only one that I'm not familiar with in this category is Christopher Plummer and All the Money in the World. And honestly, it seems kind of weird. I, I don't want to say spiteful in in terms of like he he took over for Kevin Spacey in this role, and I don't I don't know if it's like I don't want to say it's like spiting him in a way, but it's just like yeah, here's Christopher Plummer taking over. It's just the people who are hating on Kevin Spacey love this, yeah, I get because you. like I don't know, it's just like. It kind of puts more pressure on him but but whatever um, i've heard
1: he's i've heard he's excellent in it yeah but i mean yeah he took over with what like four weeks before filming yeah, or something no, like just showed he up, really okay. just showed up did his thing and got an oscar nomination which yeah like, and shout out to him for that <laughs>
0: yeah again yeah um richard jenkins in the shape of water was awesome i've you know most re- he's such a good character actor. I saw uh, he's in so much a, a movie yeah, called Bone Tomahawk. He was great in that. Of course, everyone knows Step Brothers. He's a dad in that breakout role. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but in this The Shape of Water, he plays such a kind of like regretful character. Um, you know, you just want to give him a hug. Like he's just always like, yeah, you know, sighing into his pie. Like I
1: know. Eating his and, shitty pie. Yeah, like eating the <laughs>
0: shitty pie. And like he, he's come up so far to this point in his life where he almost doesn't know how he's gotten there. And the creature kind of like makes him realize that. The Shape of Water is a phenomenal movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. But um, my money is by far <laughs> with William, Willem Dafoe
1: um i say your money or your heart because <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a heart pick right there <laughs> um
0: i it, it, when you watch if you watch this movie and you know you're hearing what i'm saying you might be like well what did he really do he, he was just like a guy and he was just a guy but he, he there's nothing really exceptional about his character um he's a manager at a motel um, and we'll again we'll talk more in in depth about the movie later. But f- as far as his performance, there's no big scene really. He he's just a normal everyday guy. But he it honestly is like all, the the heart of the movie, along with the kids in it. But yeah, he's definitely a seasoned actor. I feel like he's earned it up into this point. But he's definitely gonna have a a steep hill to climb going against Sam Rockwell. Dom, you want to talk about that performance? Yeah, So.
1: It's funny that you... I don't... I feel like I haven't heard much about Willem DeFoe buzz-wise. Um, that's much more your movie, which we'll get into a bit Again, more.
0: Yeah, Three Billboards definitely has the momentum yeah, right now. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. has
1: the momentum. Um, for me, obviously, yeah, Richard Jenkins in Shape of Water. I mean, you pretty much said everything there is to say. Um, he's great. The movie's great. <laughs> Um, but when it comes down to it, I think the two from the Three Billboards are going to be the ones kind of battling it out between Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell. If I had to pick one, which I don't really want to, but I'm going to, um, I think I actually liked Woody Harrelson a little really? bit more. I thought That's his character had a lot of layers to him, where I feel like Sam Sam Rockwell, I want, like obviously he was phenomenal in the movie. I don't want to take that away. But I think his character sometimes grew more into, like, a caricature, like, where he was, it was so, like, parts of it were, like, just about too over the top, but his performance in it brings it home, like, it brings it back down to earth to where it is believable. Like, nothing he does is, like, wow, like, no human would ever do that. Um, but I've always been a really big fan of Woody Harrelson, too, so there might be a hair bias there, but I uh,
0: see Woody Harrelson as the same slot as Octavia Spencer, like he just always brings it, yeah, like he's like, great in
1: everything, yeah, which is...
0: and as far as Sam Rockwell's concerned, um like I yeah, obviously I want Will to photo win just because I feel like that'll bring more publicity to the Florida project, but. Sam Rockwell is also... Uh, is He's an extremely
1: underrated actor. Yeah, he's been and, a character actor for yeah. the longest time and had these and small roles where he kills it, but I he, think he's finally going to get some... Yeah, some... his
0: character is interesting. Like, his character's an idiot. He's, he's, he's definitely... He's, yeah, like, full-on dumb. He's, a, he's <laughs> an idiot, hot-headed, racist cop in this small town, and uh, Woody Harrelson is kind of like his uh, mentor, and... He has a, a really interesting arc, though. But again, yeah, I think you're right that his performance and the movie as a whole kind of gains more uh, traction and momentum than the Florida Project. I
1: actually, I had a I had a question for you, Alex. <laughs> um, we were, you mentioned a little bit earlier. Like, what is like what's the scene that they're gonna play for Willem Dafoe? From the Florida Project, because that's, oh, that's when I was yeah. watching the movie. Obviously, like I knew he was already nominated because I just watched it, yeah. and I was kind of waiting for like that scene to happen. And I don't know that it really ever came.
0: That's the thing. Like there are so few, like that kind of that scene moments in. The yeah, movie. there's like barely scenes. Yeah. So honestly, <laughs> like I, I could see him just you know the the clip where he's just like. I found a video of the kids like going into the <laughs> utility room and blah, blah blah doing all that bullshit yeah. like but like the thing is like when I saw the first time I saw Bobby his character I didn't see Willem Dafoe honestly like I saw Bobby mm-hmm. and he is the only really uh like he's the, the only veteran actor in that movie but he meshes so well with some of these first timers and even unprofessional actors the kids and children yeah yeah to, yeah to kids to just like um just everyone um i'm sorry i'm gonna like gush about this movie a lot but <laughs> I, I honestly thought that his performance was definitely um earning of one but so so was the same rockwell yeah so i didn't
1: say. i didn't mean to like belittle no yeah, uh, yeah. I was just i was actually thinking the uh the scene where uh he like Oh, that was—they're uh, no, was, not—they're not going to. Yeah, they, they wanted to show Don't, that out, but spoiler it was a good alert! Spoiler.
0: Cut well, that it's out. Not that spoilery. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about Tess? You got any favorites over there?
2: I think Sam Rockwell. Hey, um, your billboards. I'm, I'm going straight out. Uh, I like Woody Harrelson. I liked his performance. However, I feel like he was almost too minor. Like obviously, like the billboards are directed towards him.
1: His name is literally on there. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) But he didn't have as much of an impact as... Rockwell's character did. Like well, Rockwell. I almost that.
1: becomes like a main character. He does, exactly.
2: So like at leaving that movie, I was like, oh my God, that that character change was incredible. Like he went from I, I can't stand this dude. Like I, I hope he's like gone in the first like twenty minutes to that was fantastic. I wanted to like give that guy a hug at the end of the movie. Like and that just killed it for me. I did also like uh Richard Jenkins' character. I thought he was kind of like this the sense. In that movie if if that makes sense. Like like the sensible character in that movie. Gotcha. But I don't think it compares to Sam Rockwell's character
1: to me. I think he's definitely the Sam Rockwell seems to be the front runner right now for sure.
0: Yeah. Um what do you think? (laughs) I don't know, man. Like the Christopher Plummer one just seems so out there. Do any snubs come to mind? Like Would you would you throw in like a Patrick Stewart from Logan? I
1: would love to. Um, I think, especially seeing that movie. He, I mean, he was phenomenal in it, and I think it's a movie where you kind of see Patrick Stewart do some stuff that you probably wouldn't see him do in other movies. I don't think you know he's out here cursing and um,
0: has he been nominated for anything or like you know? It's a phenomenal question. Yeah, like and he's (laughs) he's definitely you know. I
1: would I would definitely love it if he was I have like I said I haven't seen Plummer um, but I feel like that movie the only buzz about the movie was the fact that Kevin Spacey got fired from it it just doesn't seem it like didn't seem Oscar like anybody movie. really saw it no so yeah I would have loved if we threw Patrick Stewart in there because he was great in it especially coming you know bringing home a character that's been he's spent the role 20 years in there you know same with Hugh Jackman obviously but I think it would have definitely been a nice send off to give him a nomination. Sir Patrick Stewart, yeah. That's uh,
0: it's interesting. So next up, uh, this, is, this is a huge category. Uh, we have Best Director. First up, we have Jordan Peele for, for uh, Get Out. Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. And Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. <laughs> I mean if that's not a lineup I don't know what is.
1: I've there's I found something interesting doing some research for this. Um obviously Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig debut direct, you know, directing movies. So Christopher Nolan and Guillermo del Toro have never been nominated for best director ever. I looked Guillermo in, del Toro. Yeah, he didn't get it for Pan's Labyrinth, really? which is what I thought. And then Nolan I thought may have gotten it with Inception when that was up for best picture. But they're both up for their first ever Best Director. Yeah, so we have a category Nolan. that we have four first-time nominees, and then Paul Thomas Anderson, right. he got his with uh, There Will Be Blood back yeah, in 2007. Also,
0: with yeah. that, this is only... All right, so we're at the 90th Academy Awards. Fifth time a woman director has been nominated. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That's
1: insane. Yeah, I know the first time was... um Well, the first win was... Catherine Bigelow with the Hurt Locker. Right. And that was nine years ago. Something like that. It was like 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. around there. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you think like the history. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, obviously, 2017 was a huge year for women in film. Right. From acting, directing, starring, all that stuff. You know, I hope, I really hope that t- 2017 leads to like a lot of women getting more, you know, cause Definitely, it's yeah. such an underserved, yeah. I mean, obviously like I'm a man. So coming from like, it's, you know, I don't have that kind of perspective, yeah, but yeah. even I remember it was a huge, not a huge deal, but it was big when, um, I can't remember her name, but the woman who won, she went for editing for Mad Max, which was I thought was huge. Oh, right. and then she right. goes up to accept her Oscar in a leather jacket. Oh, with that jacket? Yeah, it was incredible. It. <laughs> it was yeah, one that of the best cool. Oscar moments I've seen. That was cool. But um, yeah. yeah, just the fifth time. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, and I think I've heard a lot of clamoring for like no, not a lot of support from the Academy for Wonder Woman. Um, and like Patty Jenkins, but honestly, it's so tough because if you look at these.
1: I think all five of these yeah, were our, better movies. Our, exactly.
0: Out of five, no. Out of ten, Out of ten, sure. de- yeah, yeah, I would say so, but... Right, and it's just... Jordan Peele is so happy for him to get the nomination. Yeah, it incredible. Um, again, yeah, Greta Gerwig, awesome that she's in there. Guillermo del Toro, wow. That, that must be awesome for him. I think he's going to win it, honestly. Um, he's been working at this for 25 years. He's put, like... I don't know. He's just like a, a, a grown fanboy. Like, he <laughs> lives and breathes, like, everything to do with, like, movies. And he, it takes, like, a special kind of talent to show who you are, like, on the big screen. It's a hard thing to do. And, but he, he somehow manages to do it, um, especially in the shape of water. And he wants, I know he wants to join that, uh, Three Amigos circle, the self proclaimed Three Amigos with, uh, Alfonso Cuarón for Gravity, Alejandro Gonzalez Inarito for uh, The Revenant, and Birdman. you know him being him being the third. Yeah, you know, I one thing that really sticks out to me here is uh, James Franco,
1: no nomination. You thought he would get one for uh, Best maybe, Director? Maybe, maybe. Like, I thought if he would get one, it's Best Actor, which we can we can revisit that when we get yeah, to Best yeah. Actor.
0: Yeah, I think. A lot, yeah, and we'll and we'll get into that too. Actually, yeah, I think you're right. As in terms of best actor, probably. Um, but con- he also did direct it too. So, and all of that controversy surrounding that. Whereas, like, should you judge the person or judge the performance and things like that? We'll talk to. We'll talk more about that as far as best director. But um, do you do you have any other snubs that you thought? It's weird.
1: Like, I actually looked at this category, and I I think it's. It's hard for me to pick somebody over the people that are in this. So, are there other directors I think should have been nominated? Probably, but this is probably the best top five you could have come up with. I know you're not the biggest Christopher Nolan fan, but, I mean, some of the things he did in Dunkirk, I mean, the way he filmed and just... Some of the shots are just breathtaking, which for a war movie, you're not going to hear that too often... I don't think he's going to win. I don't think Jordan Peele is going to win, which sucks because Get Out was phenomenal and obviously a phenomenon. I mean, that movie is everywhere. Greta Gerwig, I think, has a decent chance, um, but I think it really comes down to Guillermo del Toro. And I'm almost kind of wondering if, I mean, we talk about this sometimes with the Oscars. Is this maybe a lifetime achievement, award. Um, you kind of had that with Denzel when he didn't win for Malcolm X and then he won with training day and Al Pacino when he didn't win for Scarface and won for a Sentable woman. So is this kind of saying, okay, like you've given us Pan's labyrinth, you've given us, you can tell with all 20 his, years, all of, of
0: his speeches, uh, you know, the uh, golden globes, you know, everything prior to this, like he really wants it. Yeah. Like you can really tell. So
1: I'm, I mean, I, Well, Shape of Water was my favorite movie of the year. So obviously, I'm going to be ecstatic if he wins. But I would also be very happy if Greta Gerwig took the statue home. Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Throw was good. And he was also the cinematographer on the movie, which is different for directors to do. They don't usually do that too often. But at the same time, I I don't know if it really took it for me. Uh, That movie for me was like very Daniel Day. Um, And I was gravitated so much more to his performance rather than the direction of the movie. So my money and my heart are going with uh, Mr. Del Toro. Tess, do you have any thoughts over there?
2: I think I have to agree with you. Um, Cool, thanks. I
1: appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't happen very often. You should do that a lot more.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Get Out was my favorite movie of last year. Um, I think it's a huge achievement for uh, Peele, but I feel like Guillermo del Toro just just like hit it out of the park with The Shape of Water.
1: Yeah, he it's did it without simple compromising. Yeah. which yeah. With how weird his movies are, for him to come out with a really weird movie... And I still get this is
0: yeah, it's, yeah. Awesome. it's, it's just. I, I really that. like The Shape of Water. I, honestly, like I have a book right in front of me right here. It's <laughs> The Shape of Water: Creating a Fairy Tale for Troubled Times. This book is chock full of just everything that he put in and his team uh, into this movie: his thoughts, his ideas, his sketches, the creature design, the actors, his casting. Um, he he definitely uh, would be deserving of it. I feel like phantom thread got a really late push and in terms of like all of this it, it stuff, didn't
1: come out until it didn't hit a wide release until jun- yeah. like the beginning of january because i saw it i don't know if it was like it's you know like quote-unquote opening weekend but uh-huh. like i saw it yeah like it's opening weekend and that and was like the second weekend of it's the year. We,
0: we should also take note that get out's staying power is like phenomenal yeah. it came it, out like out, a year ago out, no, no no it came out
1: over a year it was ago. february i thought of so before
0: the Oscars of last year, wow, yeah, right, yeah, like how crazy is that? Yeah. And it's it stayed relevant like over this in, the entire course of this year. You know, some movies will die off, like or you just yeah. won't get that like late put. But, I, like, I this think season. that's
1: why it's gotten so much Oscar loves. I mean, it's like it was a phenomenon, and it right. still is. I mean, yeah. it carried we, the stories of last year were pretty much holy shit. Get out! Incredible. To pretty much the Oscar movies. And then we get this new buzz of Black Panther. And now we're... And Daniel Kaluuya in Black Panther. Mm. So that helps. And now like, we're right back. And Get Out... I mean, I don't think I've watched a movie more in like a 12-month span than I watched Get Out. From it's, the day it came online. out to... I mean, out, like buy that blu ray the day of i mean i've seen that movie
0: it's on my tv my movie channels all the time and Mm. i'll always throw it on um greta gerwig uh is i loved obviously uh you know first time she's been nominated um very personal um directing on her part but it worked phenomenally for me and as far as like any snubs were concerned but again it's such a like rich pool here i don't know who i would take out but i mean sean baker for the florida project it's got to be for me i mean i i'm kind of like obsessed with this movie right now um i've seen it twice in like the past like two days um and i've watched a lot of interviews i've watched the special features I've, i've read up on it um for those who are not really familiar uh, with the movie as a whole, I won't go too into it because I, th- I kind of want to talk about that <laughs> later on. It's about kind of like the hidden homeless. Well, it takes place uh, in Kissimmee, Florida and like right outside of Orlando where Disney World is. And it's told from a six-year-old's perspective, like a child's perspective. And yeah, again, these these kind of like hidden homeless who live in these like dump heap like... Little motels, um, and just live up there, like grow up there as normal kids. And what he had to do in terms of uh, integrating like a veteran actor like Willem Dafoe and a first time actor who he pulled from Instagram, uh, Bria Venate. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, <laughs> forgive me if so. <laughs> she was incredible. I mean. And the kids were so good. I'm not one to really, like, harp on a child's performance. Like, that's, I'm not going to be like, oh, that kid sucked, you know. <laughs> but these kids were, I'm telling you, like, they were amazing. And he he's one of those uh, directors who encourages impro- improvisation. And it works. Like, I was laughing, like, the whole movie. It, like, two-thirds of the movie are, yeah, like, like, it comes off like basically as like a comedy but don't don't get me wrong like there's a lot of like heavy shit in there too but you're laughing throughout most of it and again like just the way that he integrated these actors the way that it's shot from a child's perspective everything looks huge everything's bright everything's colorful he made florida look good for christ's sake i mean (laughs) come on Tom, I know you disagree with me Yeah, I mean <laughs> We'll get into I think it later. we
1: can get into that later um, I think uh, we should move on to Best Actress here Alright, let's do it So we'll run down the nominations very quickly for you We have Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Mar- Margot Robbie for I, Sersha Saoirse Ronan for Weighty Bird And The Streep for The Post um, my favorite here, I feel like is probably obvious if you've listened to the rest of this podcast. Sally Hawkins, she she earned a best uh, best actress nomination without talking in an entire movie where she was the main character. That's incredible. Um, and all the emotions and she conveyed everything through eye movements and hand move. Like everything was done pretty much through body language for her. And I thought it was just incredible. And I think it's more of a, like, you give it to her because she just did so much without being able to talk, which is why, I mean, that's a basic thing for movies. I mean, there was a whole era before, like, they became the talkies, and this was a non-talkie role for her. <laughs> but um, obviously, I think the front runner right now is probably Frances McDormand for Three Billboards, which she is, is absolutely incredible. And I don't. She goes from breaking down because of you know her murdered daughter. It's, it's in the it's the plot of the movie. It's not a spoiler. Um, to just like making these dark humor jokes and sent with a deadpan face and. Just her performance was really powerful, and it's just another another role that we're talking about where a mother just like absolutely brought it home. Um, again, I didn't see I so I can't really speak on Margot Robbie, Sersha Ronan in Lady Bird. I, I, what else is there to say <laughs> that hasn't been said? She was great in it. I she was perfect. I, that movie really. It just seemed like she. I don't, you know, it's a cliche to say, but maybe born to play that role. I mean, she embodied everything about it. I thought, like, I walked out of that movie and as much as I didn't, you know, I didn't love the movie, but I did like it quite a bit. I don't think I could have seen anybody else playing that role. And then, of course, the, uh, The staple of Oscars, Meryl Streep.
0: (laughs) Record 21 nominations. This is... And she's won it three times.
1: I mean, good for her. Like, obviously, she is... If you want somebody to, like, play a good role and be good in it, you hire Meryl Streep. (laughs) Um, But this was one of the the few categories that we're talking about today where... I mean, I definitely have someone I put above Meryl Streep. Granted, I didn't see the post. But she has 21 nominations. I think maybe maybe throw some new blood in there. Spread, spread the wealth. You know, spread the wealth a little bit. So um, I'll, uh, I'll let these guys talk about their picks, and then um, I will give you my snub that is a definite snub and I think was a real crime that she wasn't nominated. So, Alex.
0: Yeah, springboarding off what you said, um, my pick would also be Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water. Um, she was incredible in this movie. She had to learn uh sign language, not only like sign language, but sign language from the 1960s, which is different from present day. Del Toro wrote this uh, with her in mind. Nobody else. It was always her. He he knows like he knew like that she was going to be incredible with this role. He cast he he cast with it. Uh, with eyes in mind uh, I read in his book and she just is so naturally beautiful like he said that you know she's not like a supermodel or anything like that she could just be like someone you're sitting next to on the bus or the subway and you're just like holy shit like this <laughs> person this woman is just incredibly beautiful but like in such a naturalistic kind of way and um, yeah she she almost uses like her sign. In scenes, as like a prop to like you know convey emotion, or if she's, you know if she's slapping her hand or the wall or whatever, if she's talking to um, Giles, Richard Jenkins' character, you know the Fishman. <laughs> um, but she had such a hard task in front of her. I mean, on paper, The Shape of Water is a cleaning lady who falls in love with a fish man and yeah that's you know, she, paper. Had, she had to make that romance believable and come to life on the big screen and she did and her work with Doug Jones was just amazing I mean she did a fantastic job um but again I, I think yeah Frances McDormand is the front runner in this category she played such a good like give no fucks kind of attitude like like
1: definitional badass yeah
0: like she she's just taking on this entire town uh all by herself and you know she has some funny quips she's really dramatic at times when she she's thinking back on her daughter her strained relationship with like her ex-husband her new relationship weird relationship with like peter (laughs) dinklage's character her you know her banter with Sam Rockwell.
1: Even she, her back and forth with uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just even the emotion on that one scene with uh, them sitting on that uh, like porch swing or yeah, whatever. Yeah, she's a badass. She, she just, wears a
0: bandana like the whole movie yeah. and like a <laughs> jumpsuit. Like, she she brings it. Um, Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> I mean, geez. This is her third time being nominated and she's only 23 years old.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> she I loved her in the movie like I loved Ladybird the character and you know she really got into the char- the character itself she didn't wear makeup she literally just showed the world like her blemishes she, it was her idea to dye her hair that color in the movie and she really understood the material um, that Greta Gerwig was trying to present and yeah I think that's just like right now it's like kind of like the little engine that could movie I hope it gets some kind of recognition on it more eyes on it um margot robbie yeah just like you dom i can't really talk or speak about because i didn't see it either i mean i heard good things like I heard
1: phenomenal things yeah but yeah just i i missed it and then meryl <laughs> streep again like i heard she has like a weird like the, the big engine i could <laughs> yeah i heard she has
0: like a weird like muppety voice uh, did you hear that? Nah. the character?
1: I mean, she sounded normal in the trailers. Uh, I don't know. I didn't,
0: I didn't see anything really of it. Um, Tess, you want to speak on?
2: I feel like you have to go with Sally Hawkins on it. Like, how, after watching the movie and knowing about all the prep that she had to do, like, how, how could you not? Like, she, she had to manage the entire movie without saying an, a single word. And I think that's absolutely incredible. And she did a phenomenal job doing it. So she has my vote, absolutely. Um, Frances McDormand was also incredible. She is just like the image of like a badass bitch. Like she, <laughs> she she took on like the entire town's hatred, and she just gave n- no fucks at all. So I, I thought she was awesome, yeah, I but I, I still think Sally Hawkins has it. Saoirse Ronan, uh, I really liked her. I really liked the movie. Um, I feel like going forward, I'm always going to see her as Lady Bird, though. Mm, and I, can I, see that. I feel like that is like Lady Bird is like the movie that is going to not not that I see her as like a Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter type of situation, Type-cast, but yeah. it's like the movie that's going to like shape her.
1: Yeah. Define her. Yeah. I can see that. I her. mean, it's, she
0: says she has such a promising career ahead of her. I mean, oh, She's definitely. so young. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt and that she'll get other. Yeah. Other yeah. Things, and, no, but, I know what you mean, though. I mean, this is definitely like a stamp on her career in, like, a, a very good way.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh. I also didn't see Aisania, so I can't really yeah. make a statement on that. And then Meryl Streep is just... She's Meryl Streep. I mean, that's all you can say. <laughs> um,
1: Gal Gadot, YRN. I mean, she's great in it, but she ain't best actress great. <laughs> so, like, I don't... Wonder are you Woman, one of those to wanna...
0: where it's like, oh, like, you know, you look at all of this and you're like, where's where's the love for Wonder Woman? Like,
1: I don't, because... I liked Wonder Woman a lot, but I mean, I think with the exception of Justice League, almost every superhero movie that came out last year was better. Wonder Woman was very good. The first two thirds of the movie are very good, like exceptional. And then the last act of the movie, the whole, you know, fight the big bad, all that stuff Mm -hmm. was super generic. I mean, it's CGI fest and all that. So, the third act of the movie kind of brought it down for me. I still liked it a lot, and she's great in it. And uh, again, for everything that it did, I'm like perfect, like hats off. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think it was really up to that level. I thought the performances in Logan were better. I liked Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, all those. I liked those better. Um, it probably be, it beats out Justice League because that movie was not good. It <laughs> probably beats out um, Guardians of Galaxy two as well, but I look at this. I, I look at this list, and I, I say, "Take out Merrill, No offense, please don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna add in Vicky Kripes. I think that's how you say her last name. She was the the love interest and the counterpart to Daniel Day Willis and Phantom Thread and she's a relative she's been in movies but this was a huge like a very big part for her and the range of emotions she goes through in this movie where it was incredible she goes from this you know young waitress and just gets swept off into like off her feet into this crazy man's world and the things that she goes I mean I can there's a scene in my head that I'm like this is what they would play at the Oscars, like right before she's, you know, they say her nomination. I thought she was more than deserving. I don't really see, I don't really get actually why she's not being talked about more. Um, I she held her own against Daniel Day Lewis, who was one of the greatest actors of all time, probably, and I thought she was almost more what I took away from that movie, and it might have been because her character had a lot to her. But I thought everything she did in the movie was just exceptional. And, yeah, I think you take out Meryl, who, like you said, 20-plus nominations, and you throw in someone like this and shine a light more on their career and, you know, hopefully help them get some name and face recognition because if you see Phantom Thread, like you'll understand what I'm talking about. She's incredible in the movie. Do you have any... Do you have any snubs or are you leave Meryl in you know, there? I'm
0: just I just see that as the clothes movie. <laughs> but I don't
1: blame like I get why people wouldn't on. like it. It's slow. It's like the way I, I like described it, it was like a very British movie. <laughs> like it was just like slow plotting, but there's scenes where like you know, like shit hits the fan. And it's just like what, like these, like these are these characters are you know these aren't two actors playing these characters these are these characters that are just going at it right now and I if you're gonna hold your own against Daniel Day Lewis and be just as good as him I think you you definitely deserve a nomination I would say but if you're not interested in Phantom Thread I don't really blame you because I really wasn't interested in it but I was like Daniel Day's last movie like let me check this out and I did. (laughs) <laughs> so gotcha. that's kind of where i am um do yeah. you want to
0: i guess yeah we can move on to best actor um so for best actor in a leading role we have daniel kaluuya for get out timothy Chalamet, shalamet i think it's Chalamet. Chalamet. i think for call me by your name uh denzel washington for roman j israel esquire Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread and Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour. Uh, I think it comes as no surprise by just overall buzz and, you know, publicity right now that Gary Oldman is just going to win this in a landslide (laughs) for his performance as Winston Churchill. He's been uh, campaigning hard for this. Um, You saw it, right? I I didn't, actually. No, you didn't?
1: I wanted to. I just, again, you know, with so many... So many movies, it's hard to catch them all.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, from the looks of it, I mean, he carries, like, the whole movie. And I've heard that, you know, he completely transforms, you know, under this fat suit and old guy. Well, makeup. it's
1: everything It's everything that the Oscars loves. It's exactly. A biopic, yeah. a history piece, guy in makeup, guy in a fat suit. You know what I mean? Like, it's everything that when people say, like, Oscar bait, like this movie kind of screamed it a little bit for me.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I can't really speak a lot of this category. I I liked Daniel Kaluuya and get out, but that's not gonna happen at all. But what I do like about it is that he was at least nominated and we're not gonna get, you know, Hashtag Oscars so white anymore? And oh, definitely not. A ten minute yeah. monologue from Chris Rock about <laughs> I mean, how. I'd still
1: take a ten minute monologue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who, who is? Uh, is it Jimmy Kimmel? I think it's again? Jimmy Kimmel this yeah. year. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, look, you, you look at you got two two black actors in there. I think Denzel, you know, Roman J Israel. I, I heard it was like you know a mediocre movie, a good performance in a mediocre movie you know but and this is where I kind of wanted to throw it in uh James Franco
1: Well that was I was going to posit was Franco initially going to be nominated and then the allegations came out and they said oh crap we really can't nominate him and I'm then you sure. kind of throw Denzel in there I mean, I don't. Again, I didn't see Roman J Israel's either, so I can't really speak. I don't know as what Denzel the timeline great,
0: was but. between the accusations and the voting, but that's what calls to question in in so far as like, do you assess the actor on their performance, or you know, like at the same time, you're representing like an industry, yeah. So you don't want, and I. I <laughs> I'm gonna be honest like I like James Franco a lot I don't support I'm not defending him in any way or like his, the accusations that were called against him but it it was yeah it was interesting because I heard a lot like if he would have won um, because he did win at the Golden Globes yeah. um, that like all of the women in the crowd were legitimately gonna like stand up and like turn from the like away from the stage
1: that would have been insane yeah and <laughs>
0: So it's a lot to deal with. Uh, I mean, yeah, Denzel—he's like a, an Academy favorite. Nothing against him,
1: because that's the—that's. I mean, well, again, I don't. I'm not. I don't want to take away from Denzel, but like, that's the one when I look at the Swiss, where I'm like, hmm. Like this movie came out. I remember when it was coming out. I don't remember much buzz about it at all. So this was that was the one where I looked at where head scratcher. Yeah, where I was kind of like, maybe they were actually maybe they were saving this spot for Franco, and then everything. You know, I'm you know it's all. Speculation, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, but again, yeah, again, obviously, you know, no one here condones what he did or defends it or anything like that. But he was incredible in the movie. Yeah, and that's the thing. But I get it where you don't want someone like that, you know, be representing, representing yeah. this industry. And you, I get when the academy or, you know, if it's a business or whatever. Wants to kind of distance themselves from it, which is why I I think we saw a huge lack of love for the disaster artist this year Mm -hmm. in the Academy Awards. It got the adapted screenplay, but it didn't get director, as we said, didn't Mm -hmm. get best picture, didn't get anything else, really. And I think that's kind of what it's kind of being. I I do think that that had a lot to do with it.
0: But at the same time... Well actually I think that came afterwards but there was still like kind of like a dark cloud over it um last year with Casey Affleck. And yeah, his, he, had he had his dark right. cloud too. Like he won. They they gave him the award, but well, the I think his time-
1: was more was his I feel like the you also had that was before everything yeah. it, was before, okay. well, it was before
2: it was before It was Weinstein. before
1: Weinstein. It was before yeah, okay, K- yeah, so yeah. I think it almost All of his I think shot, it almost yeah. flew right under the radar. A couple months before mm-hmm. everything happened, so I think that that might have been why. But yeah, I mean, people called it out when it happened, right? You yeah. know, I mean, people and people
2: were mad that he, yeah, so. people
1: there were was, mad there about it.
0: Was like a really weird vibe, yeah, there really definitely weird.
1: was. But um, so get getting off of the kind of darker stuff. Um, Timothy Chalamet, I didn't see "Call Me by Your Name," but shout out to him. The kid's like twenty two. And he has a Best Actor nomination, and he was in Lady Bird. So, a hell of a year for him. So, good for him. Um, Again, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, The more I watch his performance, the more I actually see, you know, much, like, a lot more nuance and stuff than I saw the first time around. But, again, he's probably not going to win it. Um, I think it's a huge honor on that one is actually just being nominated in the first place. Yeah. Daniel Day is Daniel Day. I, I run out of stuff. Won,
0: how many times has he won the award? Did, he won for Lincoln for sure. I think, I think he won, won for three times. I think he won for
1: There Will Be Blood. Yeah. He might have won for Gangs in New York or The Last time he can. I think he's won yeah. three because I think he I has think the most. I think he won three, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think Gary Oldman is the front runner, but I can also see a situation where they say, oh, it's Daniel Day's last movie it's Daniel Day being Daniel Day. It's his first movie in five and a half years. So I could see if you want to call Daniel Day winning an upset an upset, but I could see Daniel Day, um, you know, walking home with it. Um, it would be great if Gary Oldman, why he's been killing it for decades and he's been such a great character actor. And I'm really happy to see him getting this shine. Um, and, Someone that I would love to see start getting into these conversations because of their body of work would be somebody like Andy Serkis. Obviously, he does all the motion capture. You got to see his face a bit in Black Panther. But he's someone that I think him and Oldman were kind of two that I've said they've been killing it for 20 years. Every movie they're in, they've been great. And they haven't gotten a lot of love, so... I hope Gary Oldman takes it home, but uh, I do see a situation where Daniel Day-Lewis does.
2: I really can't give much on this one. <laughs> the only one in this yeah, category just that I saw was get out. <laughs> that's, yeah, this and even f- then, I, I mean, I love the movie. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, I loved his performance, but I feel like I can't even say that it was yeah, like Oscar-worthy.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree, Dom, with what you just said. I think that uh, you know Andy Serkis should at least at some point get like some recognition for what he's done. I mean, with he's like the king of mocap. Like it's just oh yeah, hundred percent.
1: I mean, from Gollum to Caesar, yeah, like to he played Kong and Kong Skull. I mean, like just everything he's done.
0: I'm just sitting there you know in a movie theater and I'm like oh yeah these monkeys are talking
1: yeah. but like yeah. but he's acting that's like, what you get the the academy I yeah, think yeah. sees a divide where he's not he's the one on screen but he's not on screen right. like you see I think they see it almost as a performance as split into two halves where it's half is the performance the physical performance and then half of it is the work that the you know the computer graphics put in and that's and kind I, of the same thing and with, I, it we to some discussion too of like How do we? Because computer graphics are getting so good that how do we maybe create a new category Mm -hmm. that pulls in where you can get somebody like Andy Serkis? You can throw a Doug Jones in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I. I, It's been too long where I think the Academy might weave in categories for too long and keep out categories like this. They don't. They're not changing with the times of computer graphics. They don't have stunt work in which in 2018 is like absurd. Like stunts are such a big part of the movies now and. I think they could use a nice little shake-up where maybe we get rid of some of these redundant categories. Draw and, some more interest. Yeah, and, and put, like, how cool, like, watching the Oscars, just from, a like, a person watching it, like, how cool would a stunt montage be before you watch somebody give an award? Like, that'd be incredible. Like, <laughs> Badass. or even in, if you did more of a mocap something, you could see, you could do a quick montage of, like, Andy Serkis doing a scene and then all the work that goes into putting it on the screen. So, I, I, yeah, it's, we get into that. And, I, again, I don't want to detract kind of from the best actor category we were talking about. But, um, yeah, Gary Oldman, I think, is probably going to win it. But, as I said, Daniel Day, being Daniel Day, <laughs> could come in and uh, win, a I think, a record Oscar. I feel that.
0: All right. So, next up, we have another powerhouse here. Um, all these nominations are incredible. This is uh, Best Original Screenplay. So we have uh Get Out, Ladybird, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards, and The Big Sick. I mean that's that's Stackhouse right there. Um the uh the only one that I haven't seen is the Big Sick, Dom. I know you just watched that. Um did, the, some, did some homework last night. <laughs> <laughs> um but man, I, I honestly think it's Oh, it's it's so tough to say I mean if I had to choose maybe it's a two-horse race between Peel and Gerwig on this one for Get Out and Lady Bird which is like so awesome like when you think about it like a female director and an African-American director and the Academy usually hates this genre I mean think about it like what has been nominated in terms of like horror?
1: Well, horror. I was actually I was saving that for the Best Picture run, but um, I went through and looked back. The um, Exorcist? The or... last, I went back and I was like, what, what, what was the last horror movie to get nominated? If we're stretching what horror movie is, we're looking at 2010's Black Swan. If we're not counting mm-hmm. Black Swan, we go all the way back to 99's and 6th cents. If we're not counting the Sixth Sense, Silence we go back the to the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs in '91, right? And if we're not counting that, we're all the way back in the '70s with The Exorcist, and exactly. Jaws. So it's so and far horror between. is a is a genre that gets, I mean, literally no love, exactly. I, Like, absolutely no love. Um, and I mean, obviously, being a huge horror fan, I fucking hate that. Yeah. But <laughs> <It's> <laughs> excuse awesome, my man. language, it's
0: cool to see them actually recognize it. And you know, it's it's not like. Straight up horror per se it's kind of like satirical horror but i mean man jordan peele hit the nail on the head and um especially you know adding kind of the cultural movement that we're in right now it's extremely relevant
1: but i can't get out the shape of water either well that's kind of why i i mean as much as yeah gerwig and peel um i was actually kind of more with del toro on this i think del toro in his screenplay i mean maybe it's a little bit more to do with the art direction and all that but i think he created more of a world whereas gerwig and peel i mean gerwig's movie is almost like it's ripped from real life which is incredible and i think peel you've you, you see his comedy background come into like just a satire of the world we live in right now, especially in the U.S. But I, I gotta, I gotta give credit to Del Toro for the world that he built, and that's why I'm leaning a little bit more toward him. I' never gonna be mad if Gerwig or Peel takes us home at all because what they did was incredible and then yeah like you said this entire category is a powerhouse yeah the big sick which i f- finally saw last night i loved and talk about that a little bit more in a bit um but yeah for me it's del toro but i'm not going to be mad at anybody that wins this I'm not going to be mad at anyone yeah
0: i feel that a lot um all those points that you said um del toro's world building is parallel to none i mean it's 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 incredible and he picks all of these elements that are near and dear to him he, he he loves monsters like that's what he grew up with and he picks and chooses different elements that uh had an impact on him like when you look back at cinema of you know the golden age or you know whatever like the wolf man or like creature from the black lagoon frankenstein there was always kind of this weird love interest between like the monster and the the dame the damsel in distress or whatever but it could never be it never was meant to be but this movie the shape of water makes it meant to be yeah it's
1: like what if it was meant what to be? if it was exactly, exactly. Yeah. and he
0: pushes it to that boundary and yeah it you might at, at first i was like okay yeah like i said in our last podcast It kind of has Beauty and the Beast vibes, kind of has E.T. vibes. But at the same time, it's his own original vision that he's made himself. So I could totally see that as well. Um, Tess, what do you think?
2: So when it comes down to this, I think I'm torn between Get Out and The Shape of Water. Like, I love Three Billboards and I love Lady Bird. But I feel like the two, Get Out and Shape of Water, are two two movies that are just so, like, out of the box-like. Really make you think, if that makes sense. Get out. I mean, maybe I'm just biased, but I just loved that movie. It's <laughs> <That's> a great <laughs> I movie. Loved I that always, movie. I'm not going to blame you
1: for loving that movie. I, I
2: loved everything about that movie. And The Shave of Water, you're absolutely correct. Like, it creates a world that makes you completely escape everything else.
1: It creates a believable world. It does.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I completely agree with you on that, which. Is making me rethink my initial pick with Get Out, and I'm not really a fan of that. So thanks, Dom.
1: Hey, man. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm torn on that one. I honestly don't know which one to pick. I I don't know that I'd be disappointed with either one. I think I'm I'm really impressed with Jordan Peele's Get Out. I, mean, I guess I think it has to do with the fact that it's it's his first his first movie. Yeah, and it's and such like a mishmash. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, of genres. It's, such a combo of everything.
0: Horror, thriller, comedy. Like, right, right. He, he, you know,
1: he nailed it. Yeah, it, um,
2: the two of them. I, I can't pick which yeah, one. Yeah, they honestly. nailed
1: this. I mean, this category was it's, a whole It's hard mind. to pick one. It was, This one, yeah.
0: <laughs> we can brush over adapted. Like we said, we're not like super uh, up. I mean, so for adapted screenplay, we have Calling By Your Name, Molly's Game, Mudbound, the Disaster Artist and Logan, um, yeah. So this is a uh, you know you see some love for the, the the Disaster Artist here. We spoke about it pretty extensively um, on our last podcast. You know, just a really well told story of a man with ambition. It was hilarious and Franco say or think about what you will with him. I'm not defending him anyway, but he was like incredible in the movie. Call me by your name. Uh, I heard, at least, that it really captures the essence of the book well. Um, Timothée Charlemagne and Army Hammer apparently have incredible chemistry on screen. Um, Logan, nice to see that in there. Yeah, you know, that was awesome. I'd love to that? see if
1: that took it home. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, rich history of comic books. and that was great to see because I thought that was definitely an exceptional, you know, comic book movie so definitely happy to see that in there
0: anything on molly's game or mudbound
1: um you know didn't see or read either so you know (laughs) it's a whole bunch of strikeouts there
0: (laughs) so if you had to pick what would you call me by your name
1: um i mean probably again another one that I this was a category that i didn't see or read much of so i don't really have a ton but um yeah, I mean, I think I've kind of shut out Call Me By Your Name from a lot of these categories, so why don't we give it one? But I'd rather Logan took it home, but I don't think it's... I think that one's going to be another one where it's like, we nominated it. That was it, so... All so, Should we move on to the, the, the heavyweight finale. here? Don't bring it home. All right, so moving on to the finale, the the uh, the big mama of Oscars. We have Best Picture. Um, nine films were nominated Out of ten that could have possibly been well,
0: Why can't you just make it ten, right? Yeah, exactly I mean, So
1: We have Call Me By Your Name Darkest Hour Dunkirk Get Out Lady Bird Phantom Thread The Post The Shape of Water And Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri A lot of movies that you've heard us talk quite extensively about today um, As you said we could have added a tenth here, so I'm going to make a case for two movies very quickly. One I saw last night called The Big Sick. I love this movie. I From the minute it started, I was so down with it. Um, it reminded me of a movie from a few years ago called Fifty Fifty with Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt where it balanced comedy and drama so well and in such a natural way that I was just really impressed by it. And... Comedy doesn't get a lot of love from the Academy, so I thought it would have been really cool to get that in there. My real 10th pick would be the movie Coco, which was from Pixar, their second movie of this year. Um, There's been three animated movies ever to have been nominated for Best Picture. Beauty and the Beast in 91, up from 2009, and Toy Story 3 from 2010. And I think Coco really deserved it. This movie was exceptional. Um, and again, animated movies, there's best animated feature. But I think this movie really deserved to be in the best picture conversation. Um, and I think it's, we talk about a year of pretty important films. thought the message behind this movie was pretty important. So Coco would be my pick to throw in the best picture race. If it was not there, it wouldn't be my pick to win it, but it would be in the mix. And Alex, would you like to disagree about something? Because <laughs> I'd like to disagree about something. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. Let me uh, just speak a little bit about the ones that I uh, have seen. Um, I think, yeah, the, sh- the Shape of Water, if you would have told me, like, I-, I don't know. Like, it just seems so weird. And again, like, the simplistic way to look at it is a lady falls in love with a fishman. You would think that the, the Academy wouldn't necessarily, necessarily be down with that per se. Like it's not like an Academy movie, but the way that Del Toro, again, that we just reiterated like time and time again, like his world, his creature design, his, his ability to direct these actors bringing it to life uh, on screen after 25 years in the business. Like I think this, this is his time. And I think that the shape of water could definitely take it home. Um Ladybird, again, pretty sure is my favorite uh, movie of the year. Uh, it's relatable. It's hilarious on paper. It sounds really typical, but it's so well realized and, Again, just has such fresh humor and themes that everyone can can really, uh, really hone into. And uh, yeah, I've really liked that. Um, Three Billboards, I get, that's, that's gained so much traction um, over these last few weeks and months. Uh, it just, I don't know, like it has like this like angry, like snappy vibe to it. Uh, we've touched upon like the super dark comedy part of it, but like, you know, brings about up the, these issues that we're in today that are relevant with, you know, racism, po- police brutality, like things like that. But it finds this balance, you know, where you're laughing at one minute or you're not sure if you should laugh at one minute or to, you know, really being invested into these dramatic scenes. Um, so I feel like that has a good chance as well but yeah <laughs> if we were to disagree on one thing and i i think that it should definitely have been nominated it should be sean baker's *The florida project i am in love with this movie um uh it just impressed me on so many levels like the directing the acting the cinematography um it's just such a slice of life kind of movie um and I think the best kind of movies are those that are entertaining, but don't patronize the audience. They don't hit you over the head with themes like finger wag at you. Oh, poverty is bad. Oh, like this is, you know, feel bad for these people. It just takes such a universal theme. Childhood. We were all kids. We all wanted to have fun. We all wanted to go out and play. We all wanted to imagine things and, it tackles such issues in in terms of like this child childlike perspective like the kids are are there like i said at at this uh hotel that's basically like their whole oasis even though like it's a dump and they're living with their you know 24 year old mothers they're living with their grandmother or grant yeah grandmothers who you know their moms left them and their grandmothers are left you know picking up and raising them and it, it's just captured in in such a warm kind of way like again yeah you're laughing one minute and the next like you're literally on the verge of tears i mean the ending of this movie literally broke me and then put me back together again uh i love this movie so much i hope more people see it dom fuck off <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't love this movie. <laughs> I don't even know that I'd say I'd like this movie. Um a lot of what you I'm s- sorry, Dom. A lot <laughs> of what <laughs> I didn't mean that. You did, but <laughs> a lot of what you said I agree with, actually. Um it's yeah, it's a picture of poverty from a child's perspective. Um Sean Baker directed a lot of this from a child's perspective. Even like camera work wise, like there are parts where two adults are like arguing, but we're fixated on the child. We can't even see the adults faces, you know, kind of like, you know, peanuts. But, um, I, every, like, I like the idea behind the movie and pretty much everything it has to say, but I just wasn't compelled. Um, I wasn't into this movie. I was watched, watched the whole thing, obviously, um, the cinematography like everything about it like it looked pretty everything i had to say was nice but i just i wasn't into it um the kids were great they were kids being kids and that's cool because i was a kid and i remember that (laughs) um but i just i couldn't really get on board with the mom um which she's trying to make ends meet but i think at the end of the day like She was also like a pretty bad person. She's not. Uh, And then um, she's not. I disagree with you. I. I don't want to give away like a big chunks of this movie. Can
0: I just say? Okay, she is. Okay, all right. I'll meet you halfway. She has to. Okay, so in the movie, it's told again from a child's perspective, a six-year-old girl's perspective, Mooney, and her mom, Haley, is twenty-four years old can barely afford rent. And when you're in that situation, which people are, this is a national problem, which I had like, I mean, like I kind of knew what's happening, but this really like showed, showed it to me. And when you're in that point, when you're in that situation, morals will often go out the window. You just want to put a roof over your kid's head. You want them to be fed. And, but at the same time, she was a great mom, she loved her kids. She made everything fun, maybe almost to a fault where she was shielding her from like the harsh realities of life. But she just made everything fun. Like Sean Baker even said he drew inspiration, like the scene where they're just in the store in a shopping cart. He was in Walmart one time and saw like a young mother and her kid just passing through the aisles and like laughing and just just making light of you know, whatever situation they were in and, you know, that's what happens a lot in this movie. They make best of what the bad situation is, even so in so far as the screenplay, like they didn't have money to... Um, Like, there's a helicopter in the movie. It's like a running gag. They didn't have money to tell the helicopter to stop flying. So they wrote that in to the the actual movie, which is amazing. And there's a scene with Willem Dafoe where there are, like, birds. Like, not, like, just birds. Like, big-ass, like, fucking, like, cranes. You know what I'm saying? Like, birds. (laughs) Like,
1: like four-foot-tall birds. And
0: Sean Baker was like, Oh shit! Like they're here in the parking lot. Let's like go out and film a scene with Willem Dafoe, and it's like funny, yeah. and it's just like you can't. That that is life. That's not writing. That's real life, and it just it just made it like so endearing to me. And I don't know, man. I I guess yeah, I was in, enthralled, like start to finish. I I loved it, but I guess to each his own. Yeah, it's gonna
1: sound weird, but like. I liked everything about this movie, like, except the movie. If that makes, like, I was talking to, I was, when we were having this debate off air, (laughs) about how, the first thing I go to is the characters, and I didn't, like, when I watch a movie in general, and I didn't really connect with any of the characters. So the next thing that my mind tries to grasp is the plot. And this movie, (laughs) calling it a plot is just, insulting to the word plot like and it's not like a bad thing like i'm okay with movies that maybe don't really go anywhere but as long as the characters are something i can latch on to i'm usually pretty down with it but this i just i didn't connect with this movie pretty much at all there's a scene toward the end that i absolutely loved i thought it it was an a plus a+ scene that had I been maybe moderately enjoying the movie throughout, might have just brought it all home and like made it a movie that I definitely would have liked. Um, but then after that scene, there's essentially the last 30 seconds of the movie, which I, th- I hated. Hated. I just, the I, last minute of this movie, I absolutely hated.
0: I don't know how. I honestly don't know how. I, I despise loved, the, end, I of so much, I the more, end of this movie but, uh, so much. And we can talk about it more. The end of this movie so much.
1: Yeah, this wasn't a movie. It's amazing. It's amazing. This wasn't a movie that really connected with me. I do see why people like it. I see why people kind of compare it to Moonlight where it's like like how did they make this movie so real feeling where like it feels it feels like a documentary to a point. But it just it didn't connect with me. Let um, me just
0: address the the plot part. So I can see where you're coming from. If you're not like familiar, or I don't want to say like familiar, like if you're more accustomed to the three act, the three act structure, you're it's gonna be hard for you to latch onto this movie because the first hour you're like, okay, where is this going? Like, what's the point? But it's just it's a day in the life kind of movie. Like, there these people are living day to day. Like, and you see that from. Again, like these child's these children's perspectives, like
1: I don't know. It was an hour and like fifty minutes of like mom struggle, kid. Seems but nice see, sh- I wouldn't like,
0: like if if there was like okay, this is the part where they get evicted and this is the big thing here, and like that would just come off as so cliche to me. Whereas this style of directing, like I don't know, it it really like I know what you mean. It flat like it kind of like floats by there isn't really like, Oh, remember like that and this, and it just kind of like, it happens. Um, but
1: it's like a lazy river of a movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't mean that a bad way. Like, it's just like, it's not a roller coaster. It's more of just like a chill kind of thing. That's what life is.
0: Not to get too philosophical, but like not everything has to be action, action, action. There's, there's like a routine, you know, like, and that's what these people have. And, it made me it sh, it illuminated this population of the country that it's a real problem like and i think those are the best kind of movies um yeah i get what you mean but, but um
1: why don't we bring this on home and you know. say my pick for best picture of the year and what i think actually is gonna win is shape of Water. um I don't really need to reiterate what we've been saying about it all along, but uh, if you haven't seen this movie, check it out. Um, hopefully it's going to bring home quite a few statues um, at the Oscars. Has the most this year with 13 nominations, and uh, I thought it really deserved it. It's my favorite movie of the year, and I do. I, I also believe that it was the best movie of the year. Tess, um, what about you?
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I I think The Shape of Water is definitely going to take it home. It wasn't my favorite of the year, but I think it definitely deserves it. That's
1: what I like to hear. Ha, Mr. Zerpo.
0: Yeah, um, I also think The Shape of Water is going to win. Um, if you would have asked me this question maybe a couple months ago, I would have maybe had more of uh a- contention with uh lady Bird, but i think all things are shaping and it is deserving i mean don't get me wrong but i think all things are are shaping up to uh point in that direction but i also think that the nominations themselves are just as important than the winner definitely definitely uh just to shine light on like these amazing movies and uh, one thing i just want to throw in at the end that uh, we haven't talked about uh i can't really speak on it but you can dom is uh Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. Where's the love?
1: Yeah, I was surprised it didn't get a lot of love because I thought I mean it came out over the summer and it got a lot of buzz during the summer, but uh seemed to just teeter off. Um I liked it. I didn't love it. Um but I'm also not like the biggest fan of the original, so I liked it though. Um I mean if it was thrown in here with a few other categories, I would have been very to, okay with it. But. you
0: know, Cinematography,
1: I think. I mean, it it probably should win cinematography because that movie looked incredible. Right. But, um... Yeah, I was a little surprised by the the lack of love, but since I didn't love the movie, I wasn't really, like, too upset about it.
0: I've just heard, like, you know... I can see why people would be mad. People love that movie, and I can see
1: why, but it was another one where, like, I just fully... I didn't fully connect with it, but I did enjoy the movie, so... But, um... You heard it here. Uh, March 4th of the Oscars. We pretty much are riding the shape of water just like all the way through with some ladybirds sprinkled in. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and uh, we will see you guys soon. Thanks for listening.
2: Thank you.